Hey, my name is Vanessa, and you're listening to A New Alto. A series where myself and five other guests discuss diversity, representation, and culture. These interviews are recorded at different times in different places, and I asked all of them the same questions. And in this first episode, we talk about the influence of social media. But first, let's meet Hannah. She shares the differences between TikTok in China versus TikTok in the United States. My name is Hannah Kerger. I'm a junior studying medical molecular biology in Rogers State. I don't know if you knew this, but like TikTok's actually like originally like a Chinese app. So it was really interesting when TikTok blew up in America because I think the year before it blew up, I was like that summer, I was actually like, I went back to China to visit like some family. And so like I had a like a phone like in China during that time, that summer that I was there. And like TikTok was so famous in like China. And I like went on TikTok and I was honestly like obsessed. So for quite a while. And then when I came back to America, I was like, oh, I can't get on TikTok like because it's like a Chinese app, like you know how like the social media like the censorship and stuff works so I was like really disappointed and then TikToks are blowing up in America so I downloaded TikTok but I did not like it like TikTok in America was not interesting like the TikTok in China which is like some people like don't ever hear about but like the content was just not the same like content in China was like funny comedy it was like skits and there was like dances and it was just really fun. And the Once in America was not fun at the moment. It actually took a quite a while for it to actually start getting interesting. And I then everyone started liking it and they blew up, basically. Hi, my name is Shama Burchett and I'm a medical molecular biology major. Hi, my name is Caden Coleman. I'm currently credit-wise a senior at RSU with a degree in strategic communications with a minor in graphic design. My name is Juliette Vusser and I'm a professor here at Rogers State University. I teach research method I, and I also teach global communication. And obviously because I'm part of the communication department, I we require to teach a general education course and that's speech communication. And I've taught other fun classes, like look at how the media represents minorities. My name is Bamco Arrubias. I am a liberated business coach, and I'm also the host of Cafe Con Pan Podcast. How much time do you think you spend online on average? According to the statistics that I get, <laughs> it's about four hours a day, three to four hours a day. Mainly business, I would say a combination. I mean... Once you work for yourself, it's like everything's one and the same. I spend quite a good amount of time on my phone. You know, if I have any free time, I'll be on my phone and just, to, you know, just to browse around. If it's like shopping related, I would be like, yes, like, you know, I'll scroll through them. But if it's like something random, like, no, I just scroll past it. Most time I literally just like, oh, it's pretty, you know, but if it's like something reasonable and something like unique, then I'm like, okay, I'm like, I buy, I think maybe I've done it once or twice, but most of the time I just click on it to just, I like to see like how much it is and what it is. I don't tend to spend a lot of time on the phone online. Maybe I spend time using uh, an app called WhatsApp, calling my f relatives in Africa. But I do spend obviously a lot of time online, whether it is 
doing research or maybe looking at YouTube documentaries. And that's my weakness. I tend to sort of subscribe to so many unconventional YouTube documentaries across the world. I basically watch depressing documentaries, basically, to entertain myself. I tend to avoid ads related to products, unless it's a teaching tool as a product. But I do get sort of notice of similar documentaries that I watch. I feel like I spend a good amount of time online. So I'm always doing college work and my work work itself, and it's very internet heavy. Plus, I have my own work phone now, which is weird. So double duty with the phones. But I also love FaceTime and connecting via FaceTime. That's only possible with my phone. So I'd say I spend a lot of time. Than the, more than the average individual, I guess you could say. I typically spend maybe 10 hours of a day online, mostly because I have to do a lot of research for my major. And then communicating with family. I'm not from here, so I'm Malawi, Southeast Africa, um, next to Mozambique. I get to talk to my family back home for a good amount of time as well. If it's not anything I relate to, I probably would just let it pass. Only with like cleaning. I'm like, uh, yes, <laughs> I'm on clean talk, like 24. Okay, fine. Not, not really. I had to delete TikTok because when I first got it, I was too obsessed and it was <laughs> dominating my life too much. I wasn't very comfortable with that. But the thing though with clean talk is they do it right there and you watch it happen. <laughs> so you can see the reaction from that. I don't think every chemical is supposed to be mixed. There's there's a reason why certain chemicals are <laughs> put in a bottle on their own. The Chinese TikTok had a, like a For You page, but then they also had another like page where it was people in your city, where people in your province like that were making TikTok videos. So you had two. And honestly, like it was really interesting. But then when you came back to America, the actual app of TikTok was called um, Douyin. And it was completely different than TikTok in America, truthfully. When you were on TikTok in America, you literally did not see any of the content that was like in China and vice versa. Like in China's TikTok, you never saw any content from America. Honestly, there are still people that have the Chinese TikTok and it's still like very different. I don't know, like some now, some of it is kind of being transferred to American TikTok, like that snowfall trend. Actually, a lot of people in America probably haven't seen that trend, but there's this trend where you spray this fake can of snow and you walk into it and you're, you're like looking ugly before you walk into the snow, but then you walk up the stairs into the snow and all of a sudden you're like gorgeous and have all this makeup on. So like, it's stuff like that that are like, oh, people like, I don't know, I guess maybe only Asian people like, like that stuff. But like, those are really interesting. And there was another one where um, they would jump in the air and it's like CG'd. I don't know if that's the CGI, if that's the word for it. But all of a sudden they like animate it and then they turn to this like Monkey King cartoon figure from like the Chinese show that we watched as a kid, you know, and stuff like that. And they're like, oh my gosh, you know, like there's a lot of effort in this. And then like the American ones are just kind of like quirky and 
but it's just kind of just funny but like the ones in China are like really entertaining I feel like people in different countries kind of have a different liking of different things so like here like if you're trying to appeal to like middle-aged women or middle-aged men or you know middle-aged people you're wanting more like life hacks or a marriage relationship like people are marrying their relationships and their kids and stuff like that is what interests them well, like in China is more, I think, promoted to people that are like in their 20s or are, are younger and stuff. And so the content, that's why I think is also different in that aspect. Ads are very different in Mexico. I'll tell you that. The Morelos ad. Insanely loud. Over the top. Like there's always this meme where it's like, oh, the Morelos ad is on. So you lower the volume all the way down or you mute it because it's so loud. And I mean, it's legal to do that. But I feel like their, their tactic for doing that is to grab your attention. Oh, yeah. And it's like just you will, for being they're, loud. Like, they're successful about it because if there's a meme made about it, but how loud it is, it's being noticed. Yeah. I'll be in the living room and I hear the Morelos ad in my room. I might turn that down so my dad just mutes it. You know, new companies and new online shopping platforms have like a rise and now more online shopping and, you know, buying food and just buying stuff in general have been more popular. So I feel like throughout like the years, definitely the ads have been more targeted to more online shopping than it used to be. I notice the targeting that they do to me. And then it makes me wonder, why did I get a male soap ad? (laughs) Or that's when I begin to question. The pumpkin spice advertising craze, huge. Took off one year and then now it's just like a common thing. I mean, heck, Starbucks doesn't have to advertise their pumpkin spice because people know it's coming. Here's a notice, since pumpkin spice has taken off, of course, they're now trying to do like a holiday beverage thing, which is interesting, like a Christmas holiday selection, which people might know about, but they're pushing on to get more seasons under their belt because they have fall with pumpkin spice. What is that Christmas beverage? What is that spring beverage as well? When you think of a spring coffee, a spring drink, a spring whatever, especially for Starbucks, you don't necessarily think of, oh, spring is iced coffee. Yeah. And then summer is espresso or something. Yeah. So pinpointing what exactly consumers are getting in the winter season and the spring season. I approached the ad from a place of curiosity of why did they reach me more so than let me think about the product. Have I paid more attention to certain things? Yes. Depending on what it is. I mean, I think there's going to become more and more targeted because now there's a record of who we are. With COVID, people have been staying at home more. And so definitely, you know, they're going to shop online more. Like Amazon has become like a convenience to us. I mean, recently a friend of mine texted me this screenshot of Instagram asking to do one of those 3D pictures, a video of you, because they want to have track of your face, kind of like FaceTime or how you unlock your iPhone, for example. And so there's enough data that we have provided already and will continue to provide of us individuals so the companies can feed off of it. And the more we give it, the more we're providing fuel to that fire for them to get better and better at persuading us into buying more. They are more intrusive 
in my opinion. And I think the fact that they are using these algorithms to target consumers, I find that really interesting. They have absolutely changed a lot, but not in terms of the way women are objectified. <laughs> that hasn't changed. Sex still sells. And here's the real kicker that we didn't talk about with ads and everything. The sexualization of women. And the most notorious being Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. can be go by Carl's Jr. or Hardee's. There's even another name for it somewhere else. And these ads, they have like traditionally attractive women. Eating their burgers. Eating their burgers. And they're like waving their hair in the wind. And you know that that stuff sells, sadly. It doesn't sell for me. I haven't gone to Carl's Jr. in forever. Carl's Jr. advertising team really thought that that would sell. They're really confident in their tactic. The only one that I could say that like it's like the the sex sells kind of thing is the men's body wash. What's that? The red one, the red bottle. Old Spice. Old Spice, where it's targeted towards women, but it's a men's body wash. It's kind of targeting towards women where it's like, do you want your man to smell like this? Buy Old Spice. And they target it towards women because women usually do the shopping. Uh-huh. Men's underwear. They show men's area with abs they always have to have ads and again it's because the women do the shopping here's my big frustration with that underwear models i don't know five people in my whole life that look like those underwear models at all and trust me i'm all about body positivity regardless of the gender but i feel like men's body positivity has been put on the back burner and i feel like that's because we're men of course and i feel like with target for example like they or just playing a wider array of body positivity things for women with their signage and their products and who they're advertising to. But with the men's section, completely different. There's no different sizes of people, but men don't speak about it because it's non-traditional. As a bigger guy myself, it makes me frustrated because whatever looks good on me, or whatever looks good on some six-pack model guy, might look terrible on me because the fit. Having it so separate from everything else, instead of having it embedded. Integrated. How do you feel about that? I feel like there is a bad side. There's diversity and there's segregation. There's diversity and there's tokenism. Where it's like, you're so your identity, they're nothing else. If there's a gay person on TV. That's their trait. That's their personality. They're gay. It's like, that's not true. Just because I'm a little fruity myself. I'm bisexual. Doesn't mean, it doesn't define anything about me, honestly. I'm just a little fruity, that's it. Hopefully, I had a little fruit cocktail. But there shouldn't be a specified section for this, that, or other. It should be blended. And they're even starting to do that with male and female wardrobe. Do you know what's really embarrassing for the clothing market? Is that there should not be a store that's based solely on selling to oversized plus size women and they're successful you know what i mean there shouldn't be a store just for them so they can shop every store should have plus size option and technically a store just for plus size individuals i wish didn't succeed because it shouldn't be a need it should be a given that every store has those you know options for people i'd like to think that ads would become more even more diverse what they are now and that we will be more culturally aware. Obviously, I think we're doing better now more than ever, but there's still a lot of ways to go. And I feel like there's a way to market better still to this day. 
So if we focus more on the product itself, I think that would honestly get more, you know, consumers in. Because I feel like with the celebrity sponsor, it's more obviously an ad than if it didn't have one. So I would say hopefully more diverse, both ethnically, racially, and gender and sexuality wise, as well as more focus on the product. And I think, though that's my hope, I think it is the future. I do see the change, but like, I still feel like, like America has always been pretty diverse and open to diversity than other countries, like as a comparison wise, like still like, definitely like there are like areas that needs to be improved on and like how different cultures are represented and stuff like that but through like seeing other cultures and other countries still I believe like our country here is really doing really well and actually are constantly like improving the diversity of things because you know like America is considered like a melting pot where a whole bunch of cultures and races are together you know and I it's like that's kind of how like America has grown throughout the years as well is having that wide um, diversity and community so like I think that's one thing that they actually do really good on in the very beginning when I was first here like I definitely noticed on like racism and you know uh, I feel like most immigrant kids do experience that in their younger ages but then like once I got to high school and stuff it really died down is more of like a cultural acceptance and like a broader like way of people thinking in America. So I don't see it like appreciate that and people like changing and maturing. On the other hand, we're like, I feel like we're a century behind sometimes. I'm like, why? But we have more options. So that there's that too. So I guess I give us that plus. Truthfully, I'm able to appreciate my life here a little bit more whenever I do go back to China because definitely like you, you see the difference. You see kind of like, it's like we kind of, when we go back to China, we kind of see the control of things and how things work. And we're able to sort of appreciate our life here a little bit more through that experience, especially when you see the propaganda and stuff. Like it's things that people normally don't talk about or speak about, but whenever like I go back and I see that kind of stuff I come back and I'm like oh my gosh there's so much propaganda like there people are being brainwashed without even knowingly being brainwashed it's stuff like that that I'm able to appreciate and especially like those things that are like the options of things that we talk about something just simple like that I'm able to like oh my gosh like I have the choice like and I don't in China and I'm able to appreciate that a little bit more too whenever I go back so it's literally small things like that and how I view life and how like my way of living has definitely like changed through like living in America than living in China. I think that it's for me something that I kind of noticed as well is the education can kind of have an influence if there's like a lack of education it can kind of drive a person to just think the way they're taught especially in terms of like parents whereas like because I'm one of the few that is educated that has like a college education and I have to be very careful to how I speak to like my aunts and my uncles because they don't have the same educational level whereas if I maybe sometimes mention something like you said like propaganda to them and I try to maybe object to their view they get offended or explain it to them they get offended yeah and that's something yeah. I kind of have to be careful whereas like going to college they kind of teach you that you have to kind of see both perspectives you may not agree with that person, but 
at least hear them out, hear their what they have to say and not have this bickering back and forth, but have a conversation. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. Like, you know, it's like, I've honestly noticed that too. Like when, even when I was in, I think ninth grade or something, like I, I think my grandparents first like came to like America and in their like mind and view, like even though like they're both doctors in China and stuff and they're educated, they view kind of like us, like that are younger, like as someone that is like, don't know what they're talking about. And so when I tried to talk to them about bigger things, like things I was like, oh, why is China doing that? Like, why is China trying to take land that doesn't belong to them? And stuff like that. They're like, you don't understand. You're too young. And it kind of just shuts you down. Yeah. And it's like, I started noticing that. And it's literally because of the population in China and how big it is and how people are like crammed into schools. And literally like we had like, we're 60 in one class with one like teacher. And, you know, like American classroom, you have one teacher for like 30 students or less. And so things like that, like, I feel like um, you're, you're not getting, I almost feel like the full education, the perspective where you can think on your own, as in like America, you can kind of think on your own and you can formulate your thoughts. You're able to have the freedom to know, kind of formulate what you think is right and what you think is wrong. And so I noticed that a lot, especially like going to like school here, like, you know, like I definitely don't have the same perspective on things due to my past and everything than other people. But like, it's also like great to be able to actually hear other people's thoughts and like how they feel about different things. And even though like, I don't personally agree with them, I'm able to at least hear them out and actually have a peaceful conversation about certain things. I think with everything, just like media, social media, you know, media platforms, subscriptions, all that. I think when you take things to heart or when you take things, adopt things into your life, it should be well-researched. And that should be with TikTok, that should be with everything else in your life.